Locked On Podcast Network and Bet Online present NFL Key Predictions. The local team experts of Locked On NFL give you the inside knowledge on the biggest games of the week and betting advice from the field's leading experts. You are Locked On NFL Key Predictions. Hey, everyone, and welcome in to NFL Key Predictions. I'm Jordan Black. Week one may be in the rearview mirror, but plenty of teams still have a bad taste in their mouths after kicking off the 2022 season. It's not always easy to bounce back from a week one loss or any loss for that matter. We know there are no easy wins in the NFL. Week two has us taking a deeper dive into a number of games, five games to be exact, starting with two divisional matchups that our Locked On experts are going to help us take a deep dive into. So let's get started. We kick things off in the NFC South where the Saints play host to the Buccaneers. It's not often Tom Brady throwing for 212 passing yards equals a Tampa Bay win, but when Leonard Fournette has 127 rushing yards and the defense surrenders just three points. It's a good recipe for a win. Now, New Orleans will look to test the Bucs more than the Cowboys did last week. And the return of Michael Thomas to the top of the NFL talent pool can go a long way. In addition to connecting seven times for 100-plus yards with Jarvis Landry, quarterback Jameis Winston passed for 269 yards, two touchdowns, most importantly, no interceptions. Winston now has 17 touchdowns and just three interceptions in eight career starts with the Saints, while also being the franchise leader in passing yards and passing touchdowns. He's got 121 of those with the Buccaneers. Ross Jackson from Locked On Saints breaks down the NFC South bout with James Yarcho and David Harrison from Locked On Bucks. Uh, so yeah. for <laughs> so for this game, I think the Saints can actually can actually pull this game with a win. And 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 the thing that I think will make the difference is and the thing that changed my mind it was a seeing Michael Thomas all throughout training camp and just how ready this guy was. But then watching it all come to fruition against one of the NFL's best corners in AJ Terrell uh just this past weekend when it mattered the most. I mean, down 16 when some wide receivers would, I don't know, take their jersey off and exit, you know, dancing in the back of the end zone. You know what I mean? And so, like, there are all of these things to where, like, my, Michael Thomas, I'm sorry, I had to do it. Michael no, Thomas didn't need to be that guy in that moment, but he absolutely was. Dennis Allen, his calm, cool demeanor, making sure that everything happened, and then still accepting, like, accountability on the back end, but then giving the team credit for the good things that happened. I mean, a lot of this just felt like, okay, this is a well-coached team, and it's not one that wasn't aggressive. Jameis had one of the highest aggressive throw percentages in the NFL, which is something that, a lot of people were concerned the Saints wouldn't do without Sean Payton, that they wouldn't have that aggressive thing. If you're going to put up 30 points in this game, you have to be aggressive. And I believe the New Orleans Saints can do it. I think they can win this game. I was actually pretty close to you. I was going 33-27. So I was just giving it the extra field goal on each side. So yeah. that's kind of the way that I had went with it. So that that that's my takeaway in terms of my prediction for this one. Yeah, there's only two things that I foresee the Saints stopping the Saints. That is the salary cap finally catching up to them, and they have to release oh, everybody. Stop it. <laughs> and for some reason, the Saints believe they have this tight end that can play quarterback snaps or take quarterback reps. It's, I mean, it's a, insanity. A, a it'll 50, never work. 57-yard run. You know, it'll it'll right. never work, I tell you. It'll never work. 
<laughs> All right, so we threw a lot of information at you. So on these crossover Thursdays, we'd like to make sure that we're recapping everything for you. So let's recap here everything you need to know about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers traveling to take on the New Orleans Saints. David, biggest story for the Bucs coming in. Yeah, until the, until the injury report gets a little bit more clear and we get a little bit more information on some of these guys, it could be posturing. It could just be coaches playing the injury report game with each other. But the health of the wide receivers, the fact that the top five receivers on this Buccaneers depth chart are all on the injury report right now and either limited or missing practice because of it, that is a concern for me. And it will remain a concern until at least two of those guys uh, come off of it or, or are cleared for for Sunday. Yeah, makes perfect sense. For me, over on the New Orleans Saints side, it's all about Jameis Winston. This is the team that he went up against last year when the ACL tear happened that ended his season as the New Orleans Saints starting quarterback far more prematurely than anyone had expected. This is also, of course, a team that drafted him number one overall, and it kind of unceremoniously at one point moved on from him. There's a little bit of a revenge factor here. There's a little bit of a combat factor here. There's all of that. So how does that end up impacting Jameis, who started to answer the revenge factor question early on in last year's game when he was injured, seemed composed, seemed positive, seemed like everything was there for him. Now he has this other kind of bug with being in the dome where it happened, going up against the same defensive personnel, all these other things. So it'll be interesting to sort of see how that impacts him going into and throughout this matchup. Now, uh, biggest key matchups that you're watching over on the Tampa Bay Bucks side, David. Yeah, I'm looking at the trenches. And again, I know that's the easy answer. Of course, everybody says the trenches, but specifically this Buccaneers defense under Todd Bowles has only gotten six sacks in six games uh, against the New Orleans Saints quarterbacks. You need at least half of those. You need at least three, I think, in this game, whether it be Taysom trying to run the ball, whether it be uh, James, well, if he's trying to run, it's not a sack, but whether it be Jameis or Taysom maybe getting a, a pass attempt in there mm -hmm. uh, every once in a while, you know, that you need to get at least three of those sacks, preferably on third down. That would be absolutely amazing if they came on on third downs because that third down defense can be a problem sometimes for this defense against uh, this this offense. But that's, that's the matchup, number one. The second one, Leonard Fournette, again, is his kind of – terrible history whether it be from lack of playing time or, or just uh i don't know being a jaguar for a little bit um not having success against the new orleans saints want to see him continue what he did in week one uh continue that production and then maybe find the end zone once or twice absolutely shout out to uh uh to Tony Wiggins, last on Jaguar. Sorry for the shade, homie. You don't deserve that from David. I don't know what I don't know what David's doing. Listen, he anyway. predicted the Jags to beat the Commanders. I tried telling him he was wrong, and he just <laughs> went with it anyway. He put that on record. So. He put that on there. Uh, for me, the key matchups that I'm going to be watching are, of course, Mike Evans and Marshawn Lattimore. Should Mike Evans be able to go in this one? Which, if we all know the spectacular healing power of going up against the New Orleans Saints, we know most of those wide receivers will play against the New Orleans Saints. So we'll get to see the big marquee matchup between the two. Uh, just as a quick recap, ahead of last year's matchups against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Marshawn Lattimore in 13 games had only allowed nine catches on 20 receptions for an average of 51.4 yards per game. Uh, and against other competitors, Mike Evans' average was around 81.7 yards per game last year. Um, you know, it was under that 57.8 yards per game in terms of both of the matchups between these two. So my, uh, Marshall Lattimore should be able to continue his dominance in terms of his uh, matchup with Mike Evans. And then the intriguing thing for me is just going to be watching this head coach matchup. Very happy for both of these guys kind of stepping into similar roles here as defensive coordinators into head coaches. Really good stuff over on both sides for Dennis Allen, the head coach of the New Orleans Saints, and Todd Bowles, the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And finally, just let me hear that score prediction one more time. Saints 31, Bucks 24. You Listen. love to hear it. 
And now with a look at the betting lines, here is Lee Sterling with Locked on Bets. This is Lee Sterling from Locked on Bets and Paramount Sports with your bet online prediction for the game between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New Orleans Saints. Tampa Bay is favored by three. The game is being played in New Orleans. Uh, Tom Brady, <laughs> he's done a lot in New England and now in Tampa Bay, but just one in four straight up and against the spread against the Saints. And how about this? Eight touchdowns and eight interceptions in those five games. Jameis Winston came back from a torn ACL from the injury last year, last week. They were down 26 to 10. They overcame that deficit to win with a field goal less than 10 seconds to go, 27 to 26. Both defenses seem to be a little ahead of the offenses right now. And the uh, offensive coordinator, Pete Carmichael, still there for the Saints. Dennis Allen, former defensive coordinator, now head coach, still running the show there pretty much for the Saints. And how about this? The New Orleans Saints, as an underdog, the last 52 games has covered 67% of the time. I think the wrong team's favored. I think the New Orleans Saints knock off the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 24 to 23 here. Uh, for more, subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. Miami and Baltimore both coming off week one wins, but given the quality of opponents, both teams there still in positions to make statements early in 2022. Lamar Jackson, fresh off a three-touchdown day last week, bringing a 95-plus QBR in six of seven starts versus the AFC East and is sporting a 38-12 and record as a starter. Plus, he's now tied for third most wins ever by a quarterback in his first 50 starts. Now, to get the dub this week, I want to keep an eye on Dolphins rookie cornerback Peter Coho, who had a pass deflection, a forced fumble, and a tackle for loss in his debut last week. Now, a divisional game against the Patriots last week that was an easy win for Miami. How about that? Tua Tungavailoa led the Dolphins to victory under first-year head coach Mike McDaniel and should continue to target Tyreek Hill because why wouldn't you target the Cheetah, right? Early and often in this one this week, the new Miami wideout led the team with eight catches for 94 yards in his debut, marking his 16th game with eight-plus catches. Baltimore safety Marcus Williams led the Ravens with a career-high 12 tackles and a pick in his week one debut. Now with more on this AFC matchup, here is Kevin O'Striker from the Locked on Ravens podcast and Kyle Krabs from Locked on Dolphins. We'll say last season, this game was 22 to 10 Dolphins. There was a, a defensive score by Miami that you saw. So it, it was a game that I would say was dominated by the defenses. Do you think this is another repeat of that? Yeah, I, I look at the talent that's available for both defenses in the front. And I think that's a, a pretty good advantage for both sides of the ball. I know having uh, Ronnie Stanley back is is helpful for Baltimore in this matchup. And Teron Armstead is uh, apparently status up in the air. I'd be very surprised. I, I know he gets a lot of uh, veteran maintenance days. Miami's pretty dialed in on their guys that, that do and don't need practice to try to oh, reduce the wear and tear and, and hopefully keep them ready to play. But if, if those two left tackles play in this game, I think it, it it gives you some opportunities to have some really strong wins. But I do ultimately think the defensive talent for both teams uh, holds a, a nice edge over both offenses. And it's who wins the turnover battle, 
who can create the most explosive plays. And you talked about, you know, Baltimore looking to take shots down the field with play action passing Miami, probably going to be a little bit more dependent on misdirection and the actual explosive speed that they have on the outside. So I, I think the pathway to success for both teams really does lie in on the line of scrimmage. And I think both defenses have, have that opportunity and who's going to make a couple plays. I think this is one of those games where you're going to see two or three bounces of the ball is going to dictate who ends up coming out of this game with a victory. I think it's going to be pretty closely contested. I agree with you. And I think for both sides, it's a matter of how do they respond to the areas where I think both teams might be looking to capitalize on. I know Miami with the ability that they showed in last year's game to blitz Lamar Jackson, to blitz this offense and really cause some trouble. I mean, if you're an offense and you're seeing all these guys up the line and everybody's coming, part of the reason or part of the way that you can counter that is with the short passing game. You know, screen passes being well executed, kind of extending the run game a little bit with some screen passes, which, I mean, Baltimore has had a lot of trouble with screen passes over the last couple of seasons. We saw a successful screen against the Jets that the Ravens ran, and everybody was like, oh, it's a successful screen. Like, yeah. what, what is, what's happening here? It's been, it's been a very – it's been a point of contention for a couple of years. So to see that happening, look, if you have six, seven guys running at you, you can put blockers in space against smaller defensive backs, whoever it may be out there, and you can run screen passes. You can get the short game going, and that will, if you're Baltimore, have the Dolphins respect that. If, if you're the Dolphins, are you able to put Baltimore in some second and long situations, kind of force their hand a little bit? It's so much easier for an offensive, Kyle, and I know you know this, to get into second and short situations, and you have so many other options. If you're put into a second and 10, second and 11, there are so many different options. So I agree, it, it does probably come down to a bounce of the ball or two here because of just how much talent this team or both teams honestly do have but from a final score perspective do you have is this a one possession game to you is it coming down to the wire yeah. is it is it on the leg of a, of a justin tucker here is, are you looking at that way or how do you see this game going well i'm, I'm glad you mentioned special teams because uh, both of these kickers you, you feel like you pass the 40 yard line you've got a pretty good chance to to get points so when i think about this game, I think Lamar Jackson is too dynamic and explosive. Mark Andrews is, is too good for you to expect, well, they're not going to move the ball, right? Like this isn't going to be a game where you get to the end and, one of, and Baltimore has 210 yards of offense. So your, your hope is, okay, force kicks, right? So I when I do that tally on both sides, as both of these offenses move the ball and they get down into the red zone, I think the tightness that's going to be really brought in when the field shortens will lead to both Justin Tucker and Jason Sanders playing prominent roles in this matchup, which has me inclined to say, you know, we'll probably have three or four scoring possessions for both teams, but who can convert touchdowns versus field goals? So uh, I am a Dolphins podcast, so I will pick the Dolphins to win a closely contested game. But I, I would say this this is potentially like, 20 to 17 is the kind the kind of final score and it's really just who gets that extra touchdown versus a field goal type dynamic but uh yeah i'm gonna put the homer hat on here respectfully and uh and wear it uh for the dolphins to hopefully uh avoid baltimore getting revenge for the apparently infamous cover cover zero game Yes, a very, a very infamous game over here in Baltimore, definitely, Kyle. I, I'm going to also, I'm going to put the homer hat on myself here. I wouldn't expect anything less. I, I think, again, we're, we're on the same wavelength in terms of it probably coming down to a kick or two with a with a ball bounce here or there. I have it as 23-21 Baltimore. I mean, yeah. again, it's one of these games where both teams 
you have so much talent. I mean, secondary-wise, first of all, you, you just look there. How can Lamar Jackson and Tua Tagovailoa be able to push the ball down the field if they can do that? I think for Baltimore is the ability, hopefully, for them to be able to counter the cover zero blitzes when they do come, right? We're, we're not sure what the Dolphins' game plan is going to be 100% here, but based off of last year, if it is anything similar, and I know there there's a lot of changes for both teams from what happened last season, I think that the Ravens, they are better prepared. The Ravens have said they've lo- they've watched a lot of film in that game. They, they have prepared themselves for this game with Baltimore continuing their AFC East tour. They will play all four AFC East teams in the first four weeks of the season here. You have the Jets first, Dolphins, Patriots, Bills. I think it's important for them to get this win. I, I'm not calling a game in week two a must win, but... You could look in December and say, wow, the Ravens really should have won that game. And if they did, they'd be in a better situation. So for me, I think it is a 23 to 21 Baltimore victory just based off of, I'll say the Justin Tucker effect. I think that is what it will come down to because we've seen it so many times where Justin Tucker just becomes automatic. And so I'm going with Justin Tucker over Jason Sanders personally. But again, this is a game that really could go either way. Bet Online has the coverage for the lines ahead of this matchup in Baltimore. This is Bet Online All Access. This weekend we'll see Dolphins and Ravens. Here's Drew Butler, Jonathan Casillas, and Anthony Becht. A big time tilt in the AFC as the Miami Dolphins head to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. Anthony, the Ravens are three and a half point favorites. The total, 43 and a half. Yeah, nice win by the Dolphins last week. I'm not quite sold on Tua. Lamar, look, he, he had everything against him with the contract talks. He still showed out. I don't like the hook there, three and a half, but I am going to go with the Ravens in this one. Yeah, a huge win by the Dolphins week one. I think they're the second best team in the AFC East with a stud head coach in Mike McDaniels. Look, I'm picking the Dolphins. I know the Ravens are good and they still got Lamar Jackson, but I like those points. Yeah, big time here for the Ravens defense. I like their front seven. Watch that defensive line to pressure Tua and make it hard for the Dolphins offense. I'll lay the three and a half. Thanks, guys. Get Dolphins, Ravens, and all of your NFL action at Bet Online. Bet Online, where the game starts. Turo is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want wherever you want it from a community of local hosts across the US, Canada, and the UK. Ditch boring rentals and find your drive at Turo.com. Facing Aaron Rodgers is rarely a good thing. Coming off an uninspiring week for Green Bay could spell disaster for the Chicago Bears. At home at Lambeau, Rodgers had a total of 22 touchdowns and a 113.8 rating in eight home starts last season. He'll look to continue ownership of Chicago on Sunday night football again this year. And he could continue to look to A.J. Dillon, who's been productive, to say the least, on Sunday night football. He not only led the team with 91 scrimmage yards, but also had 50-plus in 10 of his last 11 games and four rushing touchdowns in his past four appearances on Sundays. While Green Bay is building a strong defensive unit of its own, quarterback Justin Fields will aim for his 10th start in a row with 20-plus rushing yards and balance using his arm and legs as he had two passing touchdowns and 74 rushing yards in his last meeting with the Packers. The Chicago defense and linebacker Roquan Smith will aim to keep the Green Bay offense in check. Smith had 82 tackles in nine road games last season, also entering the matchup with five-plus tackles in five of his last six games versus Green Bay. Peter Bukowski from Locked On Packers joins Lauren Cox from Locked On Chicago to preview this NFC North rivalry game. On Packers and Locked On Bears. Whichever one you listen to, your first listen every day. Be sure to check out Peacock and Williamson, their NFL show. 
Brian Peacock, and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you all the big stories around the NFL. So you are up to date on everything going on around the league. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. All right, final thoughts here, Lauren. This is a, a weird game that uh, Vegas decided, our friends at Bet Online decided, you know what doesn't matter? Week one, because the <laughs> Packers opened at, as nine and a half point favorites. Um, it's up to 10 most places, uh, and the over-under is like 43. So this is going to be, a, a they see a low-scoring game, something in that like 23 to 13 kind of range. Where do you see this game? Yeah, I'm, I'm certainly not going to come on here and predict a, a Chicago Bears second straight upset victory, right? I don't think, <laughs> given especially... Did you the, predict week one? No, I did not. No, 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 okay. no. I'm, I'm not predicting that they would do it twice in a row. I, I didn't think... I thought the 49ers team would be better than, than what they were. But I think... I, I do think the Bears can cover that spread. I mean, I think they're going to play this tough. I just think the, the type of resilience that they showed last week, even if Green Bay gets up by more than 10, I think the Bears can, at, at absolute worst, backdoor cover a potential 10-point spread in this game. And I think th- there might even be a time where the Bears lead in this one, but I, I don't know that they can – I don't know if they'll have enough, you know, Matt Eberflus magic plus Luke Getze knowing the Packers players really well. I don't think that'll quite be enough to pull off another upset, but I do think I, I do think it'll be close enough. I mean, I, I like a, a, a 23-20 or maybe like a, a 2017 type of final where it's, it ends up being fairly close, but – Maybe it's not doesn't always feel that close for the entire game, but the Bears make it close and make Green Bay earn it a little bit. So I, I, I will tell you straight away, I love the over in this game um, because I, I just don't, I think, if, to your point, if the Packers do get up, and I do think the Packers will be up for most of this game, um, that the Bears are going to fight back. They are. And the Packers have had a tendency over the last few years to let up. They let the Browns come back from three scores down to get back into that game. They let the Ravens last year with Tyler Huntley come back from three scores down to get back into that game. And by the way, they fell down early to the Bears at Lambeau in prime time last year. We just saw this happen on, what did I say earlier, some specials. They had the punt return, but then also they had um, the, the crossing route. That was a beautifully schemed up play. Justin Fields, I don't remember the receiver's name. I don't think he's even on the team anymore. Nope. And, and he scores on a long touchdown. Um, I think the Packers' offense is going to play a lot better. I just don't think the pass rush for the Bears is going to be able to get home as consistently as Minnesota was. Minnesota got a little lucky on when their pressure came, too, because they still only got that, like, 25% pressure rate, which is not a, not a huge number. Um, it was when that pressure came, um, and it was when the Packers were trying to take shots, that really scuttled this this Packers team. So I, I I see it in that like 27 to 17 kind of range, but I, I can't predict a cover until I see them cover. I need to see that. And I need to see this defense play a little bit better. So I don't think, you know, the, the Justin Jefferson is not walking through that door. Justin Fields, um, I, I think is a, is it can be a dangerous player, but the Packers are not going to play a bunch of man coverage that's going to let give him opportunities to scramble all over the place. So I think they're going to be able to contain this Bears offense enough um, that the Packers are going to be able to score enough to make this a, a nice a nice win. I'm not going to predict some like impressive, dominating win. I, I just don't. I, that's not fair after what we saw from these two teams in Week One. To summarize, for me, this game comes down to the Packers winning in the trenches. They did not in week one win in the trenches, really on either side of the ball. They got enough pressure on Kirk Cousins. Kirk was able to escape. 
they needed to finish a little bit better. And then if they can if they can run the ball effectively, if they can run the ball as effectively on the Bears as they did on the Vikings, I just can't believe the play action game will be as bad as it was in week one. And I don't think the pressure on the straight drop back game is going to be as bad as it was in week one for the Packers against the Bears. And so for those reasons, I think Green Bay has a good chance to get a get right win um, against the Bears. That being said, Justin Fields, certainly with his playmaking, his legs, made some plays last year. We saw it. Can the Packers force him into some mistakes as the 49ers did? I think that's the big takeaway for me as I look at these two teams. Um, How do you see it? You know, it's funny because it felt like last week against the 49ers, I don't know if the Bears won in the trenches on either side of the ball and still (laughs) home there with the victory. I mean, so a lot of that influence having to do with the weather, but the 49ers were dealing with the same weather as well. So I think, I think, yeah, I think it's going to come down to, you know, how well can the Bears make things a little bit easier on Justin Fields? Because if they're going to rely on Fields to have to be the hero another game and really single-handedly will his way to some touchdowns in the second half, I don't know if that's something that you can completely count on doing, and I don't know if that can be enough when the offense on the other side has Aaron Rodgers instead of Trey Lance. I think the Bears might be able to, to get one or two on these Packers wide receivers and, and limit the passing game more so than we've seen in years past when it's Devonta Adams lining up all over and running up and down the defense that the Bears had. So I think there's there's some potential to slow down this Packers offense, but I think the Green Bay ground game should be strong enough to make Rodgers not have to be the hero in the same way that Fields has had to be the hero. And when it's all said and done, I think that'll be enough for Green Bay to, to pull away with this one. Now let's get an inside look from Bet Online for this NFC North battle. This is Bet Online All Access. We'll see Bears Packers in week two of NFL action. Here's Drew Butler, Anthony Becht, and Jonathan Casillas. It's Sunday night football and an all-time rivalry in the NFL. The Chicago Bears heading up north to take on the Green Bay Packers. Anthony, Packers are 10-point favorites. The total is 43. A great win by the Bears, but a quarterback in Justin Fields who was below 50% passing, that's still an issue. And Aaron Rodgers, man, I don't know. Is there going to be a big bounce back after a bad game one? I don't see it with this receiving core. I'm going to go with the under 43. Look, there's going to be a slugfest, like Triple G and Canelo, okay? This is how it's going to go down. I don't think it's going to be a lot of points scored, but I think plus 10 is too much for the Bears. I'm taking the Bears. Relax, relax, relax. Aaron Rodgers owns the Bears. I'm not thinking about this one too much. I'll lay the 10 with the Packers. Thanks, fellas. Well, be sure to get Bears, Packers, and all of your NFL action at Bet Bet BetOnline, where the game starts. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. BetOnline is also your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online, where the game starts. What's up? Oh, I'm just compiling all the top sports scores, news, and odds so I can make the very best picks. Me too. BetOnline.net. Get into the action anytime, anywhere at BetOnline.net. The Buffalo Bills are considered a top favorite to win it all this season, and nothing from week one suggests otherwise. Even with two interceptions on the day, quarterback Josh Allen completed nearly 84% of his passes for 297 yards and three touchdowns last week. With a win over the Rams, Allen achieved his seventh career game with three-plus touchdown passes and a rushing touchdown, which already ranks third most all-time in his young career. 
Now, quarterback Ryan Tannehill completed just about 60% of his passes against the New York Giants. Combined with a modest performance from Derrick Henry after missing the second half of 2021, the Titans watched a Randy Bullock field goal and a week one win drift out of reach. Joe Marino from the Locked On Bills podcast and Tyler Rowland from Locked On Titans have the preview for this one. Uh, Joe, like I was just hinting at, I'm a little worried in this one. Now, every year when the Titans, well, at least last year, maybe the year before that, when the Titans go up against the Bills, the Bills are favored. It looks like the Bills should win, and the Titans always find a way to keep it close, and as you've seen the last two years, the Titans find a way to win. Unfortunately, I think... This isn't those Titans teams. We talked about the guys that they've lost on offense that make it different. But it's more than just the personnel. There's a there's a feeling. I feel like the Cincinnati Bengals loss in the playoffs just broke this version of the Titans. It broke them. It's over. You know what I mean? This core with Tannehill and Henry, A.J. Brown, blah, 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 it's just coming to a close. And I think we saw in the draft that the Titans went young on offense. They went with Malik Willis. They went Phillips. They went Burks. They went NPF at offensive tackle. I think that once A.J. Brown was traded, John Robinson realized, hey, I need to have an eye towards the future because this group is too expensive and can't get it done. So I think that while the Titans have kept it close with the Bills and won in previous years, I just think that there's not only a personnel problem here with the roster, but I think there's a spirit issue with the Titans, and I am going to pick the Bills to win 31 to 23. And I got to be honest with you, I wouldn't be shocked if it was 31 to 20. I got to hope that with the increased pace and the increased scoring from the Bills, the Titans will find a way to put some more points on the board, just simply having more possessions than they had. But I'm not certain about it. So I guess my official prediction. Is 31 to 23 bills, but I wouldn't be shocked if, if it was a larger deficit than that. Man, Tyler, you're down on the Titans, man. <laughs> well, I have been all, all season. They traded the best player on their team. Right. A.J. Brown is the best. Fools. Fools think that Derrick Henry was the best player on the team. The Titans had Derrick Henry. You know when the Titans got special so got, on got offense? When they had A.J. Brown. A.J. Yeah. Brown is what made them special, not Derrick Henry. So... Your common man maybe doesn't see that, doesn't think that, because Derrick Henry's so fun. But that's the reality. And guess what? The Titans would have won last week if they had A.J. Brown because they were one big play away on offense from having enough points to win that game. But nobody could make the play because you got an undrafted free agent from 2020 starting. You got Robert Woods off an ACL, and then you got two rookies. They brought in Austin Hooper, who was supposed to make the tight end group better. Right. Hooper played less than Jeff Swain. Right, yeah, so we just have to accept reality that there's nothing special about the Titans' offense now, and they only scored 20 points against the Giants, even though the defense forced two turnovers and gave them short fields. Kyle Phillips had a 40-yard punt return and still only 20 points. I just can't I can't see that getting better against the Bills, but at the end of the day, hopefully this is just a massive reverse jinx. And the Titans pull classic <laughs> Titans again, lose to right. the Giants at home, and then go on the road and beat the Bills. It's just classic Titans stuff. Well, if, if I'm not mistaken, last year they had the week one loss to Arizona, and they lost to the Jets yep. as well, right? So, I mean, like, yep. these have been things that have happened for Tennessee, and they've still been able to put together good seasons. And so, true, true. I, I mean, I, eight. I, I hear what you say, and I also look at the sample size under Mike Vrabel, and I see 9-7, and 9-7, 11-5, 12-5. 
yep. you know, the last two years winning the division. And so I, there's a there's a nice history of success there, and there's certainly a, a, a recipe that they've had to be able to win football games. Tyler, I do think it's an uphill climb for Tennessee on Monday night. Um, for as much as I do think there's a lot of good opportunity for Mike Vrabel to rally the troops and, and create that chip and us against the world – you know, this is a tough challenge on the road in Buffalo Monday night that, that, you know, everyone's so excited for the home opener expectations. Bill's mafia is going to be really, really pumped up for this football game. And it's going to be a tough environment for, for Tennessee to step into uh, from that perspective. And then I do think that the bills have a talent advantage in this football game and they're better in areas that are important for football, offensive line, defensive line, quarterback, those types of things. Um, so I, I will go 33, 24 bills in this game. I think the spread is nine and a half. Um, and you know, like you said there, the Tennessee does find a way to keep it close against Buffalo. They, they kind of beat them pretty bad a couple of years ago. It was like 42 to 17 or something. It was a pretty lopsided game, but the other two, I think the bills won late the first two years. And then obviously, Oh yeah. Year. Nick Williams dropped the Titans <laughs> had an open touchdown in, in the end zone and Nick Williams dropped it through his hands in 2018. I'll never forget that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm going 33 to 24. Um, it's an uphill climb for Tennessee. I think they need things to go right for them. They're going to need some turnovers. They're going to need Derrick Henry to be vintage Derrick Henry and play mistake-free on offense. I think that's a tough script. Now the look at the betting lines. Let's check in with Lee Sterling and Locked on Bets. This is Lee Sterling from Locked on Bets and Paramount Sports with your bet online prediction for the game between the Buffalo Bills at home laying 10 points against the Tennessee Titans. Now, on paper, Buffalo, best team in the NFL. They're the Super Bowl favorite right now in almost everyone's eyes. Tennessee, their linebacker and best pass rusher, Harold Landry, is out for the year with a torn ACL. But don't underestimate head coach Mike Vrabel of the Tennessee Titans. Great game planner. He is a great and master motivator here. Their running back, Derrick Henry. Looked healthy again, 82 rushing yards in the opening week. And Ryan Tannehill, he can avoid pressure, unlike the counterpart that played against him last week. That was Matthew Stafford. So I look for Tannehill to move around much more, make things happen. Maybe special teams will be a factor. I think Buffalo still wins the game 31-27, but I think the right side is taking the 10 points here in this huge matchup. For more, subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. Well, what could be better than a Monday night football game? The answer, a second Monday night football game. Wide receiver Justin Jefferson was a man possessed in Minnesota's week one win over Green Bay, converting nine catches into a career high 184 yards and two touchdowns in week one. Jefferson now has five career games with 150-plus receiving yards and a touchdown catch that's tied for second most ever by a player in his first three seasons. For Philly, there seemed to be a sense that the quarterback position would hold the Eagles back from being a true contender, but Jalen Hurts, after passing for 243 yards and 90 rushing yards, plus a rushing touchdown in Week 1, has got the team believing that all the pieces are in place. Hurts now has four career games with 75 plus rushing yards, will look to limit interceptions on Monday night. With one last look at the Monday night battle from Locked On Eagles, we've got Louis DiBiase and Gino Camilleri, and from Locked On Vikings, Luke Braun, to preview the matchup. We got Jalen Hurts. We got Kirk Cousins. We have a whole bunch of 
I would say top tier quality talent in this game, Luke. I, I have to respect it, yeah. what Minnesota has done with their new general manager. They're really turning things around in terms of getting talent in there. You got Justin Jefferson. We know that. What do you think will be the amount of points your defense lends up and how many points do you think are ultimately scored in this game? Because I want to get your over and under in this one. I'll give you how many points I think the Eagles will let up. And then we could suffice, or suffice a, a total overall score here. Okay, we'll do this together. I like it. Uh, so Bet Online has the Vikings as two point dogs in this game, um, and a, the over under is fifty and a half as of earlier on Wednesday. So that would imply like a twenty seven twenty four game. So mm-hmm. I'll go. I don't think the defense is going to do what they did against the Packers. That felt that the Eagles aren't going to mess up that bad. That was insane. <laughs> uh, and also they have people who can catch the ball, which is yes. the Packers do not. Um, yeah, I'll go chalk 24. The Vikings will allow 24 points or sorry. other uh, 27. The, the, You're going to go ball, with the 27 points. That's chalk, so I'll go chalk. Because I have well, no idea this game confuses the hell out of me. I have no idea what to make of the Eagles. <laughs> I, I don't either, my friend. And Minnesota is always <laughs> one of those games. And, and listen here. It's Luke, always weird. Gonna, it's always weird. And week two, the Eagles haven't won since 2015. They've lost all the way back to 2016 okay, yeah. in week two. What? What is this? <laughs> I, I don't know. What, is this a curse? Well, you got it's a cur- curse of uh, Kirk Cousins on Monday night, too. So we got all yeah, kinds dude. of weird juju energy in this one. First night game in Philly since the 38-7 game. This is the, so this gonna one's going to get weird. weird. I'm going to okay. say the Eagles also allow 27 points. Are, are we, we going to tie? Our over, we're going to tie, and we're going to go to 27-27 tie? Let's do it. I'm in. 27-27 <laughs> tie. I don't like predict. <laughs> the only way I'm going to go out is with the tie right now. These seem like two teams, I love all it. the juju around them. With all the stuff that's happened in the past, players moving there, Justin Jefferson, the whole ordeal, this just seems like one of those games with the way the NFL has gone. They need to change the rule. Let's put some yeah. good mojo on it, and it's not yes. going to end in a tie. We know that. We'll hit the over, though, with the bet online. Hit the over. Absolutely. Luke, this is the first time I think I've ever talked to you in my four years here at Locked On Eagles doing no a way. crossover show. So we, did one, this, we did one in did 2019. We? Before the uh, the Zach Brown game. Oh goodness me, we did. I forget yeah, about he, those two years. He got his lunch ate by Kirk Cousins and lost his job over it, which <laughs> he did. Yikes, he bud! Did. <laughs> Once again, here's Lee Sterling and Locked On Bets. This is Lee Sterling from Locked On Bets and Paramount Sports with your bet online prediction for the game between the Philadelphia Eagles at home, laying two points against the Minnesota Vikings. Now. The Vikings, boy, did they lay low all preseason. They didn't show anything. New head coach Kevin O'Connell, what did he do? He sprung some new formations and plays that Green Bay had never seen before. So they got him. But I still just can't trust Kirk Cousins here. Uh, Philadelphia quarterback Jalen Hurts, he hooked up with A.J. Brown 10 times in the game last week. And they also ran for over 200 rushing yards they got that ground and pound working here. I think Philadelphia is going to be able to make the adjustments, and they're also playing at home here. I think they win and cover 27 to 20. Uh, for more, 
Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. Week two in the NFL offers a chance at redemption for teams that came out flat to start out 2022. But every year, a strong contender seemingly falls back into the pack. For the Tennessee Titans and Green Bay Packers, they're one loss away from an 0-2 start to the season with an uphill battle to make the playoffs. With a full slate of exciting matchups on the way, Week 2 can realign expectations or thrust surprising teams like maybe the Bears into the undefeated spotlight. Each and every week, we'll continue to bring all the insight and analysis from across the Locked On Network to you. For the Locked On Podcast Network, I'm Jordan Black, and this has been NFL Key Predictions.